excited. It's good. Um, so we have two, I'm trying to cram two sermons in one. So we had, um, we have our encounter series. I don't know who's in the back there, but if you want to switch that quick. Um, so this is the last part of our sermon series for encounter in November. Uh, and the, the topics are being one with Christ and ministering the Holy Spirit. And so um, I'm excited as I was preparing this. I just felt uh, I think even just a deeper level of conviction is realizing that we are one with Christ and we're not separated at all. And I think often in my own walk with God, sometimes it's easy to look outside of yourself and say, God, where are you? I need you. Uh, and often he's, he just reminds me, I'm right here. I'm close. I'm one with you. And so um, it's so good. Uh, before, before I share, actually, I want to encourage us. Um, so last, last Sunday, we released a word uh, that God is doing a new thing in our church and in our lives and in Winnipeg. Um, and uh, does anybody know Isabel Allen? Probably everybody, maybe. She's a prophet in Catch a Fire. Anyways, she's a, no one knows. Okay. She's a prophet in Catch a Fire. And so she was at a church in Ontario uh, last weekend. And she was speaking about God is releasing a new thing. He's doing a new thing in the church. And at the same time, Sunday, he were, we were releasing that word that God is doing a new thing. Um, and so I was really encouraged because I think sometimes as a church, I mean, as a pastor, you have so many other things on your mind of, uh, of building the church, of operations, pastoring people, speaking, other things, um, and just remembering that God has called us to be a prophetic voice in this city, um, and that this church, and Catch a Fire in general, is a highly prophetic church. And so I was really encouraged when I heard that. I'm like, man, God, we are in sync with someone um, who's a prophet in the movement. And so that was very encouraging for me, um, and I hope that's encouraging for you guys. And uh, it was crazy this morning, actually, as I'm sitting in my seat, I, I sat down there during worship, and I felt the Lord just tell me, I want you to rest. I want you to stay in my rest and just rest, just be with me. Uh, there's no pressure. I think I'm, a, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the type of person who's very driven, and so I put pressure on myself. I was like, there's no pressure, just rest. And then Ken from India, he texted me, and he's like, I feel the Father saying, stay and rest. At the exact same moment, just this morning. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, that's insane. I'm like, either I'm probably just thick in the head, I guess, if God has to text or tell somebody in India to text me. <laughs> but it was just really encouraging. And I think um, just reminding ourselves that we are so in tune uh, with the Lord. And even walking into actually pre-service prayer where John was sitting there and he, he talks in, or sorry, I walk in and he was saying, he's like, um, you know, I was striving. I was striving in this situation. And I was listening to a song called There Is No Striving at the exact same moment as he was talking about that. And so it's just crazy. I feel the Lord constantly just, um, we're all intertwined. And as we are one with Christ, like our spirits are all one with him. And there's so many coincidences where I'm like, oh man, God, you told me this. And then Ken texts me and I'm listening to the song. And then John, I walk into the room and he's talking about the theme of the song. It's just crazy. And so, um, yeah, that's just encouraging. So those are just my thoughts. So um, I'll get to my sermon now. So being one with Christ, guys, I, as I was preparing this, uh, I just, I got this picture, I got this story from the Lord. And so bear with me as I try to illustrate it to you guys. Um, so there's an elderly lady, and she walks into the mall, and she's going by, and she comes across David's Tea. So who here has been to David's Tea? Yeah, okay, it's a great story. So there's like hundreds of teas in there. And she walks in, um, and she realizes that there's hundreds of teas. And she's, she's looking at the shelves, and there's all these different colors, all these different flavors um, and she's absolutely amazed. So she gets in there, she realizes, like, oh my gosh, there's so many different flavors I didn't know. And each of them serve a different purpose. 
You know, some are for, uh, some have antioxidants, some have caffeine in them, some are good for your, um, your kidneys, some are, different, are good for your overall health, and each of them serve a different purpose. And um, she asked the person there, she says, can I actually try some of these? And he, and he says, yes, you can. You can, try some, you can try actually all of them. And so she sits down and has this nice long conversation uh, with the person working there and, and starts steeping all these different teas and, um, and, tries, and tries them all. She's amazed at how great they all taste. Um, and she leaves satisfied. She leaves and she buys a little package of all these different teas and she's super happy. And so um, what this is kind of an analogy I feel the Lord is sharing is just that um, in our walk with God, the, cup, the hot cup of water um, is the Holy Spirit. And, and each of us, I know it sounds silly, but each of us are a tea bag and we're being dipped into the Holy Spirit. <laughs> See, as we grow in our awareness of Christ, guys, we are being steeped with the Holy Spirit. And as we're being steeped in our oneness with Christ, we're releasing the flavor that God has put on our lives. The, the gifts, the anointing, the, uh, the purposes that God has put in only you to release. As we are aware of our oneness with Christ and as we begin to walk in that revelation, that's released through our lives. And if you notice one thing about tea is when you have green tea, you can't separate the water and the green tea anymore. It's just one. They are one. And so I want to encourage you guys, whatever you're going through, and I felt this morning actually in worship, um, I just felt like a burden for some people here that some people are going through things that are harder um, than a lot of us see. And a lot of us on Sunday mornings, we get here and we just, we see each other, we smile, and everything is all good on the exterior, but sometimes there are things that are going on in your hearts that not all of us see. And I want to let you know that, that we love you guys and, and come talk to us. We want to pray for you, but I want to encourage you at the same time that when you walk in your awareness of your oneness with Jesus and that he is not outside of you, but he's actually living inside you and your spirits are one, they're intertwined, it's a really great place of encouragement, and he's not far away. He's close. So I just want to encourage you that really quick. Um, and so this is, this is also cool, how we're all, we're all one with Christ in spirit, and we're also one, one with one another in spirit because we have Christ inside of us. Um, Claude, you were saying during transition, you were saying uh, something along the lines of, like, you are an, a unique expression of God that only you can be, or something similar to that. And that's my first point here is that you are a unique and a, an authentic expression of God, that only you can be. Like, think about that. There's, with John, there's nobody else that can be the character of God that John represents. With Edward, there's nobody else on the entire world that can represent the character of God that Edward can, or I can, or that you can. Each of us carries something that is unique and authentic. And so as we are saturating the Holy Spirit, as we are actually um, aware of our oneness, because it's different, guys, when we we mentally say, yeah, I know I'm one with Christ, that's a totally different thing than actually living from that place. I can say, oh, I know my, life, my wife loves me, but if I never actually believe it in my heart and, and receive it and, and, and live in that place, it's never going to actually affect me. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I just think that's so beautiful. I just want to speak to you and just say that you are significant in this place. Um, you know, just like Lorna was saying, like, the, what she's born to speak, like, what, what God did in, in, in Lorna and George, that is a breakthrough now for other people. Whatever you've gone through, your unique expression, everything that you have in your heart, people need that. The body needs that to be built up. And I want to encourage you that you're, you're significant. Um, yeah, and as we're one with God, as we are aware of our oneness with God, guys, that will be released and, and help other people. Um, so who does not like songs that promote separation um, in Christianity? Worship songs. The worship leaders. Good thing you put your hands up. That's great. That's it. That's good. I've had a conversation with uh, multiple people in here uh, where... 
you know, there's so many songs out there that are separation-based. And so it's all, these songs of, of God, I need you. God, you're far, you're distant, you're over here. I need you. Um, come to me, Father. I'm desperate. I need you. Um, and they're actually promoting a culture in, in our lives and in our walks with God that, that God is distant, that he's a distant God, that we have to cry out to him, that he's far away. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Bless these people too. They're really good people, people with good intentions, people with good hearts, but it's promoting that culture. And same with us in Christianity. I think there's a lot of times in our minds, um, I've talked with lots of people where um, they're like, man, I just feel so distant from God. I haven't felt God's closest in so long. I don't know if I did something uh, to, to make him go away, that he doesn't like me for some reason, but it's just such a lie. And I'm like, man, have you actually, have you prayed and have you, have you sought after God? Yeah, but I'm just, I'm looking around and I don't know where he is. I'm like, man, he's right here. He's in your heart. He's close. He's one with you. This is the great mystery what Jesus has done, that he has come into our hearts and made his home in our hearts. And now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I met this guy, uh, David Jackson uh, at Bethel. Um, he's a worship leader. I don't think he's a worship leader at Bethel, but he's a worship leader. And he's, um, I remember when I met this guy, um, I was with my intern, well, my mentor at Bethel at the time. And when I met this guy, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy has so much Jesus on him. Like, have you ever met someone where they just are so full of the love of Christ and so full of the presence that you're just like, I am so convicted. <laughs> I just met him and like, he just had so much love and so much compassion. And, I, and like, honestly, I could just sense the fragrance of Jesus on his life. And, and I'm like, man, this guy knows that he is one with Jesus. Like, he knows Jesus, and he is walking in the awareness that he is one with him. And it was, I just remember meeting him, and I'm like, Jesus, I want to I be like that. I want to be in that place where I can walk aware of your oneness at all times and actually live from that place. It's so good. So I'm going to just give us some scriptural context here for being one with Christ. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17 it says, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So there you go. You are one with Christ. You are one. So there's no debating. Scripture right there. Boom. Done. Galatians 3.27. It says here, it was faith that immersed you into Jesus, the anointed one. And now you are covered and clothed with, clothed with his anointing. So... To actually grasp this, I'm going to kind of go into the practical side. To actually grasp what it means to be one with God, we need to partner our faith with this. It's not something that we can just go in and say, yeah, I'm one with God, cool, okay, and, and live from there. Yeah, that's a great truth that you know, but to actually live and have this affect you, we need to partner our faith with this, guys. Uh, the picture that I felt the Holy Spirit gave me is, uh, imagine that there's this immersion tank here, and I'm not saying immersion to get you to go to immersion, but I felt like he was saying that. Uh, this tank that we're getting immersed in our oneness, that would, and, and this tank, when you're in it, it'll affect your mind, it'll affect your heart and your spirit um, to make you aware of your oneness. And the only way to go in there is by putting on the suit of faith. You know, if we, if we grab faith and we put on faith and we step into this, that's how we can grow in our awareness and our oneness with God. And that's how it can go from something that we can understand intellectually um, and then spiritually and then in our head and then in our hearts is we have to have a journey of faith and actually pressing in and believing that you are one with God. It's just, it's a crazy concept in itself. If, if I'm thinking, of, I mean, the truth is I'm standing up here and I'm one with the creator of the universe. You are sitting there and you are one with the creator of the universe. Is that not wild? It blows my mind. I don't know if it blows your mind. It blows my mind. It's crazy. Uh, and guys, in our walk with God, faith is the key that accesses revelation. So anything in your life, if you, if you want to grow in, in, in kingdom thoughts and kingdom revelation, um, 
someone at uh, Immersion this week was sharing about revelation and how revelation builds upon revelation. And that's our walk with God is you can have one revelation that God loves you, but then you can have another revelation that he enjoys you, another revelation that he is excited about you, that he, not just, he doesn't just love you, but he likes your personality. And there's multiple levels of revelation of knowing how much God loves you. In the same way with our oneness with God, there's one revelation of knowing about it, and there's a whole other revelation of experiencing and living from it. And we need to partner our faith with that every step to grow in that, guys. How's everyone doing? Good, okay. Uh, Galatians 2.20, it says here, My old identity has been co-crucified with the Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he, he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. So there's a few powerful truths, guys, to um, start walking in your oneness with God. There's a few powerful truths in, in these scriptures here. Um, the first one is that your, your old man no longer lives. <laughs> Sorry, Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay's getting blasted, and she was smiling at me, so now I'm laughing. Uh, it's so good. Um, but first here, it says, guys, your old identity has been co-crucified with the Messiah and no longer lives. That means you don't have the right to dig up the old man. I think so many of us, we are a new creation. We are born again and walking as a true son or daughter under authority of Christ, Jesus our Lord and Savior. And as we're walking, we're digging up the old man. And so we tell our friends, you know, this isn't gossip. This is me. Actually, I care about this person, but, like, I just need to talk about this. You know, or some of us are actually judging other people. Like, oh, that person is doing that. That's wrong. I don't like them. But that's okay because I'm a new creation. That's not okay. You don't have a right to that anymore. That is dead. And I think so many Christians, they, you know, they're like, okay, I'm co-crucified with Christ and I'm a new creation. But then they're grabbing their old man and they're dragging it around. And they're asking it for opinions. They're asking their old selves for um, a way to be. But that's not how it is. We have Christ and we are dead to ourselves. It says here that you no longer live, but Christ lives his life through you. He's, and that's the great mystery is Christ is actually living his life through you. It's not your life to live anymore. It's actually Christ living his life through you. I actually don't fully wrap my head around that. About like, I, th- I actually think deep down, and this is kind of a strong word, but I think Jesus actually, like he wants to possess his body. Possesses has been used in a lot of negative terms according to the enemy, but Jesus wants to possess us with his spirit and live his life through us. When we love people, when we're praying for people, when we're living our lives, Jesus wants to possess us so we actually look like him. You go to your work, you step, and people are like, whoa, if there's something on that person. They talk to you, and they're like, wow, that person, I don't know if that, what that is, but it's the anointing of Jesus on your life. It's the fragrance of Jesus on your life. So I just want to bring just some conviction to this room, guys, that if you're, if you're digging up your old man, if you are gossiping, slandering, talking negative about other people, um, and using it in the name of, oh, I'm just being truthful, that's not good. It's okay to have judgment to know, okay, this is wrong and this is right, but it's not right to judge those people and, and to put evil against them or to, to say negative things about them. And also, this is not because I'm hearing things either, by the way. But I'm just saying this. I felt this was in my heart. So, um, And now our purpose, guys, um, according to Galatians 2.20 here, is that we now live our life in union with Jesus. We're intimate with him. And your purpose is actually just to know him, to consume Jesus, to know him. And I think a lot of times we're, we're like for me, I'm always concerned about results. God, what are you doing through my life? What fruit is actually happening in my life? As a leader, it's, you know, okay, I'm leading, but who's actually following, you know? I want results. God, I want to see things happen. God, I want to actually do this thing that you're called me to do. But 
the thing is, like, you're never going to get actual true results unless you're resting in your oneness with Jesus. The only one that's going to give you long-lasting fruit is your relationship with Jesus and your intimacy and your oneness and your union with him. You want to love more? Consume the Lord. Be one with him. Understand your oneness. You want to be more kind? Be one with the Lord. Consume him. Be aware of that. You want to have more drive. You want to have more leadership. And for me, that's convicting because I, can, I read lots of leadership books. But the only way I'm actually going to lead better is if I consume and I love the Lord and I know him. He is the purest form of leadership because he's a servant of all. And I'm not that level yet of Jesus, so don't worry about that. Um, um, hold on. I'll take a sip here, guys. Okay, so let's go into why. Why is this so important? Um, we've talked a lot about um, some scripture stuff and some analogies, but why is this so important? So first, let's start with why is this so important to God? Whoa, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. It's important because he is a good father. So why is this important to him? Because he's a good father. He wanted to be so close that he made himself one with us, guys. He's closer than our skin. He's closer than our breath. He is always here because he loves us. Not so he can control you, not so he can manipulate you, so that you can be free, so he can actually shepherd you and love you into the person you were always born to be. Because he loves you. No, I also believe he, he made himself one with us because he's not a distant father. So many of us, and I, I guarantee in this room, people have had parents who are distant, um, who are disconnected from your life, and it affected you negatively. But he wants to father you back into the place so I can hear my voice more because so I got distracted. He wants, to, he wants to father you more into the place, guys, of knowing that he's not a disconnected father. He's not a distant father. He's close and he loves you. Come on, that's good, right? I think it's also so important to the father because he wants to be accessible. He's not a distant father. He's accessible. At any moment, whatever you're going through, he is there to love you. He's there to give you encouragement. He's there to uh, shepherd you and help you in any situation, guys. He's an accessible father. Uh, this, this story that I felt the Holy Spirit put on my mind when I was uh, creating this was, um, imagine, okay, imagine this fisherman, he's out at sea. So he's out at sea and he's, um, he's looking for land, he's lost, and, and uh, there's cold nights, there's storms, there's waves, um, and he's scared. He's out at sea and he doesn't know what to do, and he sees this little piece of land off in the distance. And so in a panic, he jumps off and he starts swimming, 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 and then realizes he's really tired and he's probably going to drown if he keeps going, um, and, the, dis and the, the island is still miles away. And so he, get, he, he goes back, he drags himself into the boat, and as he's soaking wet and he's tired, he looks over, and Jesus is in this little hut there, covered from the rain and the wind, and he's having a little barbecue, and he's, he's listening to some music, and he's smiling, and he's having a good time. And he looks at Jesus, he goes in there, and it's like walking to a new world of peace and love and grace, and he's, he asks Jesus, Jesus, where were you the whole time? And he said, I was here the entire time, you just weren't looking for me. You know, often in our lives, we're looking we're looking for Jesus. God, where are you in the situation? God, where are you? But he's in our boat. He's in our hearts. He's made his home inside of our hearts, guys. He's not distant. He's not over on another island. You don't have to go to another place to try to find him. You don't have to try to get less busy. You just need to realize that he's in your heart and he's living right here because he loves you. How are you guys doing? I think it's also really important because the Father longs for us to know our identity. He really wants us to know our identity. I think this is one of the biggest 
things on the Father's heart is that we would know our identity and live from that place. I think um, Bobby Connor, I remember at Bethel one time he was sharing, and I remember, uh, I think he based, I don't know the entire story, so don't quote me, but basically um, the devil was tempting him and saying, um, I'll give you whatever you want if you just give up the, me- the message of sonship, that we're sons and daughters of God. And Bobby Connor obviously rebuked the devil. He's like, I'll never do that. Obviously, he's still preaching that message. But it was that press, that's how important this message is, is that the devil would go and tempt Bobby Connor to take that message away. And I believe us actually knowing our identity as sons and daughters is so important to the Father. And that starts at knowing our oneness with Jesus. Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16. I don't have it on the screen here, guys. I'll just have it here. Um, it says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. Guys, that's so good. We are not called to be basket-headed Christians. <laughs> but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So for some of you who are struggling with fear, struggling with fear of, of stepping out and actually living out the call of God in your life, you're not meant to live basket-headed. The enemy wants to put a basket on your head and say, you know, you know, don't shine, hide away, live in shame. You can't do this. But God wants us to rip the basket off of our heads and shine and show the entire world who the Father is through our acts, through the way we love, and the, through the way we live our lives. And the crazy part here is, guys, we are the light of the world. And that's not because of our good works, and that's not because of our efforts. That's because we are one with Christ. And all we have to do is be in a place where we are resting and showing the world how good he is, sharing his truth, preaching the gospel, loving people. It's that simple, guys. You know, it's like, it's like this king going out to battle, and, and there's all this land. There's just like all this land, and, and this king is so strong. He knows he's going to destroy all the enemies in the land, um, and so he invites his brothers and his sisters and his family to get, to get equipped, to get trained, to know uh, what it's like to be in the battle. And, and they ride out there, but as these sons and daughters and as these uh, family members go to these villages to kill the enemies, you know, they're worried and they're anxious and they're, they grab their sword and they're like, I don't know how to use this thing. Like, can I go back? Can I go back home? Um, I don't know about this. And, and guys, surprised, Jesus is the king in this story. But so many of us, you know, we're, we're in this battle that we've already won, that Jesus has won the victory, uh, but we're afraid. We're afraid of, of what? Afraid of the enemy? Who is he? He is absolutely nothing. I was talking to um, Didi last week, and she was reminding me of something really cool, of just that, you know, often we think that God and the enemy are equal, but that's not true at all. He's an angel. He's a fallen angel. And do you know how many millions of angels there are in the world? Millions in the world and in heaven. There's millions, guys. We have the God of the universe living inside of us. And I believe God wants to raise up an army of people who are confident, who know that they're one with the living God, the God of victory. And they can step into anywhere they go knowing that God is going to bring victory into that situation. Why else is it important to God? It's important because um, he has died to give us an abundant life. You know, this week... I was sitting there, and I, I have the, these, weird, these weird feelings sometimes where I'm like maybe uh, a lot of things are going, I'm busy, and I'll take some time to rest. And it's like sometimes I feel bad about like enjoying life. That's weird. I don't know if you guys ever have that. Like you feel like you should always be doing something. You're like, okay, I'm resting, but I, I, I should be doing that. Like, or maybe I should do this more, you know? Like, oh, but is it actually okay that I just rest? Like, eh, like how do I do this? But we don't realize that Jesus came to give us an abundant life. That he actually wants us to be one with him and realize that when we're one with him, guys, when we're aware of our oneness, 
I keep saying when we are one. We are one, but when we're aware of our oneness, he is giving us a life of abundance, guys. A life that we enjoy, a life that we love, a life that you're actually happy. Like imagine if every Christian in this room was actually happy and full of love and you loved life and you loved people and people looked at you and they're like, that is so attractive, I want that. Where do you go? Catch a fire. I'm coming to church. Boom. Or just church in general. It's all good. But seriously, imagine if your life right now, you were actually full of abundant life, that every single day, it wasn't just a fantasy that you think about on Sunday, but actually every day of your life, you were positive, you were happy, you love God, you love other people. Guys, that's a promise that we have. John 10.10 says here, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That means a good life. Come on, that's good, right? So let's do that. Let's actually go into this week and have a great life. There are things and circumstances, guys, but when we're aware of our oneness, when we're in, that, in our boat and we're in the hut with Jesus, it's good there, guys. And often when we're actually in a place, and I'm, I, I'm preaching to myself here, guys, but we're in a place of restlessness, it's because we're not resting in Jesus. You can't be resting in Jesus and restless at the same time. You can't be anxious about a thousand things and actually be walking in your oneness with God at the same time. They just don't exist together. God has empathy and compassion for our circumstances, but he has not called us to live in a place of anxiety and worry. You know, <laughs> this is kind of another analogy I saw. It's like, you know, imagine that I'm, someone being in your house. Imagine that I'm in my house here, and I'm, I'm looking into the corner, and I'm just staring there, and I'm like, oh, God, my life sucks, and oh, this thing is so hard, and I'm so stressed about the church, and, and God, what about this and this, and, and not realize, and, you know, I'm walking in my house, and I have my head down, and I'm not looking anywhere, and Jesus is in the kitchen, and he's, he's cooking me meals. He's got a room upstairs to give me a massage when I'm stressed, a counseling chair to counsel me through things. Um, He's ready to meet any of my needs. He's like, I'm right here. I, I want to help you. I want to love you. I have hope. I have a better life for you than you could ever imagine, but you're not looking to me. You're not looking to me. I'm in your house. I'm in your heart. I'm right here. Just turn your gaze to me, right? And how ridiculous is that we just walk around sometimes, oh, I'm so hopeless. I'm so, everything sucks. Everything's so hard. Cool. Have you ever stopped and looked into Jesus' eyes? Have you stopped and prayed? Have you stopped and actually paid attention to the God of the universe inside of you? So that's, so why, that's why it's so important for us, or for God. But now I want to go into why it's important for us. And obviously why it's important to God is why it's important to us. Um, but guys, one, I think when we are aware of our oneness, it kills our need to, to achieve acceptance. I think in all of our lives, wherever you're at, don't lie, all of us want to be accepted. All of us want to be accepted, whether you're in school or in your workplace or um, in your family, wherever you are, you want to be accepted, guys. Um, and I think it's in our human nature that we're always wanting to earn things. You know, I think, like, entrepreneurs, you're like, I'm self-made. Like, I can do this. Like, I'm independent. I got it. And, uh, and I hear a lot of people like, I don't want anything for free. Like, I got to earn everything. And that's kind of in our human nature. But, guys, that is not what God wants for us. He has given us this gift of being one with us because he loves us, guys. We don't have to strive to achieve acceptance I don't have to prove anything to you. You don't have to prove anything to me. You don't have to try to strive for my acceptance, and I don't have to strive for your acceptance. We are accepted, guys. We are proven in, in his love. We are accepted in his love. I think, um, how am I doing for time, guys? Oh, my gosh, i got to hurry that up. Okay. Um, this, this summer, guys, before I got into this position, I was getting really spiritually attacked. Uh, I just was like, oh, my gosh, this is 
a big responsibility, God. Okay, I was just going. Th- I was just going through some things, and and I was f- feeling very disconnected from the Lord at the time, which that heightened everything by a million times. Like I was just a drama queen, like honestly. And I'm like, God, help me. And I'm looking for God, and for three days I could not feel Jesus. I could not feel His presence. And after three days, I felt the Father just knock on my heart. He's like, Hey, son, I'm right here. Like you were looking for me in the land of defeat, but I dwell in the land of victory. I dwell in your heart. This is a victorious place, and I dwell in here. Don't, and he just taught me a lesson. Stop looking for me. Stop trying to look for me. I'm right here. Just be aware of me. We need to stop looking for God. We need to be aware of his presence in our hearts. I think it's important for us, guys, because it's the only way that you're going to fulfill the identity and calling on your life. And I just want to speak to you, encourage you that every single person here, you have a destiny over your life. You have promises of God that he has called you to fulfill. You were called to greatness and greatness to serve this nation, serve the people in this city. You're called to do amazing things in your faith. You're not called just to sit at home and just believe in God and that's enough. No, God has called you to great works. And it's the only way that you're actually going to accomplish them is by knowing that you are one with Jesus. You know, I have a lot of good ideas. I have a lot of passion. I have a lot of drive. I can get myself up at 6 a.m. five days a week and say, go to the gym, read this book, do this, get results. I can do that, but that only lasts so long. You know, often we are tapping into another resource besides Jesus. It's our own, our own human striving, our own human effort. And if I tap into those things for long enough, if I actually put all of my, um, I don't know, that marbles in that bucket, if I put all my, you know, all my faith into that, what I can do, that I will get burnt out, I will be tired, and I will be discouraged. But when we tap into the resource of Jesus in our hearts, it's an unlimited resource. It's a, it's a, a spring that never goes dry, guys. And again, we cannot be, rest, we cannot be restless and resting in Jesus in the same time. Um, and why else is it important for us, God, or guys, to be aware of our oneness with, with Christ is because when we actually rest, and we're aware of our oneness, and we consume Jesus, and when we adore Jesus, and when we are just aware of his presence, guys, we begin to actually have a beautiful life. And I notice that. I notice that personally, that the more I do this, the more my life becomes beautiful. I notice how much my wife loves me, and how much she does for me, and I notice how beautiful it is. I have two little puppies in my life, and I'm aware of the good people that God's put in my life. I'm aware of the goodness of God in our church, and when we're aware of our oneness, I'm aware of the good things that God has placed in my life. I become thankful this kind of ties into what the outcome of, of all this is, is guys. When we're aware, aware of our oneness with Jesus, when we're growing this revelation, you know, it's, it looks like increase in our lives. Your hope goes up, your positivity, your love, the vision for your life. God gives you a vision for your life. He gives you wisdom. He gives you discernment. He gives you kindness. And it, when we're actually soaking, on, soaking and meditating in our oneness with Christ, it's like, that's, that's like when we're being steeped in a hot cup of water. It's like as soon as we actually change our mindset of like, oh yeah, God, I'm one with you. Like you're right here. I don't, have to, I don't have to strive so much. I can just rest in you. It's like that's when we're actually being steeped. That's when the flavor is being released from our lives. That's when God's anointing is, is being released from our lives when we're in that place. I was going to go into a little bit more, guys, but we're kind of short on time. So I'm going to end on just a practical note here. Um, you know, how do you actually walk this out more? It's great that we talk about this, but what are some practical things you can take home with yourself today? Um, one is meditate. So take five or ten minutes before you start your day seriously and just stop and just pray with Jesus. Jesus, I am one with you. You are not distant. You are close. You are in my heart. You're right here. No matter what happens today, God, you're right here. You love me, and I love you. 
Man, more than enough because you're right here. Rest in your oneness and meditate on it. And neurologically, if you have lies that you believe, you actually have neuro, neurological pathways in your mind where you, you default sometimes think things about yourself. And the same thing with godly beliefs. If you actually begin to meditate on godly beliefs, it, it scientifically creates neurological pathways in, in your brain that you'll like, default think. So when you meditate on that and you just consistently let your mind be renewed, God is literally creating neurological pathways in your brain of default truth that you will think about yourself. Did I sound smart saying that? There's a lot of big words for me. <laughs> Honestly. Neurological <laughs> pathways. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's funny. Um, and sometimes, guys, we just need to choose as well. I think... We just have so many options. We have so many things that we can choose to partner with. And I think at at the end of the day, you just got to choose. God, am I actually going to tap into my resources of my own abilities, or am I actually going to tap into my oneness with you, Jesus? I'm going to tap into your spirit. And sometimes you just need to choose. What am I actually going to choose today? Am I going to get up and am I going to have a terrible day, or am I going to choose to focus on my oneness and say, I am going to have a powerful day. I am a powerful person. I will tell my day how it will go. I'm not going to be dictated by it. But I'm going to tell myself, you will be aware of your oneness with God today. You will be encouraged by his spirit and his love in you. And I choose that. So sometimes you just need to choose what the heck you want in life. When you're dictated by everything, I'm like, so have you chosen who you want to be? Have you chosen the attitude you want to have? Like, I'm going to have this attitude. Christ, I am going to be close to you. Christ, I am going to grow in my awareness of my oneness with you. We have to choose, guys. The last thing here, guys, is Matthew 21 uh, verse 22, it says, And whatever you ask in prayer, if you believe, you will receive. And so, guys, humble yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I don't have it all together. I need help. I want to walk more in my oneness with you. I want, to, I want to be aware of that. I want to grow. I want to have an abundant life that you promised through this oneness with you, Jesus. Father, help me. Help me. And when we ask, and if you believe, we're going to receive. That is a biblical truth, guys. Ask and believe that God is going to help you because he will. He loves you and he cares, he cares more about you being aware of your oneness than you do. And he wants that more than you do. I'm always blown away by that. I'm like, oh yeah, God, you want this church to grow more than I do. You love these people way more than I do. You want to move today way more than I do. So let me get out of the way.